Hey, what's up, guys? This is Chris Casby here with Chris Burrows. Yeah. And Daniel Seals grabbing a beer. He's, he's good like that. And uh, welcome to Scrubland. This is episode number 33, Three, I believe. It's Jose Canseco's number, man. Coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. RBA, baby. Home of the VCU Rams. Home of the VICU Rams. Oh, you hear that, boys? I'm on. Sweet. Nectar. Sweet nectar. I don't know. I've got this sweet nectar in a fucking Pyrex measuring cup. Whose fault is that? <laughs> you don't have any clean cups, dude. Whose fault is that? <laughs> measuring cup's pretty sweet. You assholes come over here and drink all my liquor. You use all my glasses. Hey, if we wanted your sass, we'd ask for it, all right? Okay. You can give I... me some sass about drinking the liquor out of a Pyrex cup. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> can, can I have a little sass over here? <laughs> no, drink your beer. <laughs> What do we have to See, talk this, about? This, this, this is week? how I get away with just drinking all this liquor. <laughs> yeah. Like, Casby doesn't drink beer. Bro's like, can I get some liquor? No, I bought PBR for you. <laughs> yeah, but Casby's drinking good nope. stuff. Fuck that. <laughs> a whole friggin' a pint, eight, eight ounces of it, apparently. This is a cup, dude. It's a cup. Yeah, it's yeah. eight ounces. Whatever. How yeah, it's like it's like you can do translation. Let's talk about magic cards instead of our other vices. <laughs> oh, hey. hey, so uh, what kind of magic cards we have to talk about? Uh, let's see. We had a few events. We had uh, the Star City Games Open Series in L.A. Mm-hmm. We had Grand Prix Barcelona. That's right. We had uh, Toronto TCG Player. I think it was actually last week, but we didn't really cover it. Something like that. I don't know. What? Um, was it? I think yeah. We, oh, yeah, because we covered uh, it on the yeah, cast before I, left, yeah, before I left. Yeah, before I left, yeah. Um, and also a Richmond PTQ, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, we can talk about it a little bit, yeah. yeah. So um, what did well everywhere? Uh, Cobblade, once again. Yeah. Cobblade did well everywhere. We won't, Ta-da. we won't really be talking about We're that. not going to talk about Cobblade. I mean, I'm sick of this deck. We get, I've no, never played it, and I hate that deck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it the, the five seconds. This is the shout-out to Cobblade. Jerry T made a, uh, made a 76-card list because he couldn't decide which cards needed to be in there, and then was like, you know what? Let's just play them all. And we don't want to cut the wrong answer. So we just play 76, and then uh, he convinced Patrick Chapin to do it, and then Chapin scooped him in the top eight, and then he lost to some guy that I don't have no idea who the hell he, he is. He was Asian. He's Asian. Must be fantastic at this game. Absolutely. Um. Anyway. And, I didn't know. I was watching the semifinals online, Yeah. and it was uh, this guy, Zhu, versus this other Asian guy. Okay. Sounds racist as shit, but it's okay because I'm Asian. So it's two Asian guys fighting Two about. Asian guys, sure, yeah. Okay. And I was like, I don't know who to root for. They're both supposed to win. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> okay. So, Cobblade <laughs> is still a deck. It's still happening all over the place. Like, and, and you'll, I, what, what do we see? Like, what were the big innovations? There was a blue-white list that had Hero Blade Hole. There yeah. was the same blue-white black list. Yeah. Uh, Hero Blade Hole's so good. Uh, the Splash Red versions didn't show up so much this week. No, they it's suck. not as good. They were good for a week, and they're bad again. Yeah. The, uh, the Splash Black was just better. Yeah. Have we seen anybody return to classic blue-white control at all? That's what won. Yeah. And at what tournament? The Star City Open Series. Okay, yeah. Or sorry, the Open Series. Yeah, Open Series. Classic Cobblade with Volition Reigns in the board is was the winner. I mean, but like it's not like classic blue eye control, no no mystics or anything. Like it like they're all playing Cobblade. Oh no no no. Yeah. I mean yeah, they're all playing Ca. Uh let's start oh uh, hang on, let's 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 jump to Barcelona. Because these these let's talk about a Cobblade deck that didn't win an event. 
uh, because it doesn't have any stone forges in it <laughs> or squad hawks. Right. We're talking about Guillaume Wafatapa and Martin Sheenan, both top eighting in Grand Prix Barcelona with and... blue black control. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's blue black control that just uh, is grind you out card advantage type type that like. How is this beating the Cobbley decks? Liliana Fess. Yeah. Guillaume had two. The Martin had one. Yep. And the all. In conjunction with all their their duress effects. And odds are that she's not getting printed in M11. So she's gorgeous. It's it's taken her this long to finally make win win a Grand Prix, but good good job, Liliana. You got there. Yep. I remember back when, like, I remember so many times you're like, oh, Liliana could totally be good here, but you cost five. Oh. You cost five. It's like the magic screw you planeswalker number. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm. Yeah, Gideon's awful. I'm so excited. <laughs> it these, was forever, though. These what? decks are finally playing Black Sun Zenith in their main. Mm-hmm. I, like, it's, Black Sun Zenith is the card that we all knew was good. You, like, it, in your mind, you're going, how do I, how do I beat these Cobblade decks? How do I beat, you know, uh, these aggro decks, the, these Cold Author decks and stuff? And, I've wanted Black Sun Zenith to get there for a long time. Finally got there. Yeah, Black Sun Zenith. I am. I am. I'm giddy. Yeah, like that card. You sound giddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, check out the creature ch- package changes. There's two grave and Wafo Tapas. Like Wafo Tapas always been a minimalist for his threats. Like whenever whenever he's playing a deck, he's he, like he was the one who was like cutting his cruel ultimatums. And That's why he got control. fucking eighth place. Like. I think it's just because he outplays his opponent so often. He's like, I don't need more threats. Uh, people, uh, I'm the I'm the same way though. When I when I build a deck, you always want to put a couple extra win conditions in it. Yeah, and because mentally, people people don't know how to play a deck that only has six cards that'll win the game. And in this case, it's two titans and four jaces. Yep. And I guess. Uh, to a lesser extent, four creeping carpets. But those are the only ways you're going to w- beat your opponent. To a lesser extent. These are the types of decks where Creeping Tarpit is the bomb. More often than not, do 21 points of damage for the win. Yeah. Because you're, you're locking them down. Like, I'd be inclined to say that Creeping Tarpit is the win condition in these decks. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's so innocuous. It's it's the kind of card that a lot of people don't realize is is actually the one that you want to kill. Like, the first time that you activate it and attack with it, they're like, well... I could I could kill it right now, but I probably want to you know well, wait wait and see what else develops. You have to let it get through and... once and kill your Jace before you're like fuck it. I'm killing every single tarpa that hits the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I've seen I've seen uh, <laughs> blue black control mirrors that are hinged on uh, volition ranger tarpet, yeah. which, which yeah. sounds stupid, but it's always mean. a tech, tectonic edge war like Jace war like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's nuts. Uh, so the winner, the eventual winner here, he's also got um, tumble magnets main deck. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so it gives Valakut, well, not fits, but it makes, makes him slow down. It slows down Valakut. It shuts down Kaga long enough for you to get to your end game. Like, like it's, just the fact that you, uh, you equip at sorcery speed to your swords. Yeah. And, like, I think that's the big thing is this is a this is a deck that's probably pretty weak to getting so hit a by a feast Tumble magnets are taking over, like, as the Kaga tech. So the anti-tumble magnet tech is obviously Brass Squire. Oh, duh. <laughs> and, and then you just tap the Brass Squire in their upkeep and it's all over. Well, you then, got, then you can't tap their flying guy without you, the equipment. Because you've got two tumble oh, magnets. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Right, is this going to end up with us playing a steady progress? Is that, yeah. is that where this is going? Absolutely is not. 
That card's garbage. Steady aging class. Contagion <laughs> no. class. Sorry. I'm yeah, like no. I'm like steady progress elixir of immortality. No. I, I can keep them going. Wow. I can keep them going. It's good. It seems fine. I'll just play this voltaic <laughs> key and gain ten yeah. life off of my uh, yeah. elixir of immortality. Wait, that, does, that doesn't work. If, absolutely. If you works. didn't know, the col- the colon's in an awesome spot for elixir. Right? Yeah, right. You can actually get the you double activation. You respond by untapping it and using it again. It, you also get to shuffle your graveyard into your deck twice. Cool. But you know. But yeah, well, I, I would do that. That sounds cool. Yeah, like I mean, just to be a complete dick, you definitely like put your deck down, let them cut it, time on the clock, and then you, and then you pick it back up, shuffle it again. Yeah, I absolutely. often am trying to eat time on the clock. So. <laughs> You're a bunch. Yeah, of... that's that. That's all you need to do is waste time on the clock, Chris Casby. I mean, I mean, you're not the slowest yeah, player, but you definitely take some unintentional draws. Well, I well, those Awkward. unintentional draws are often intentional. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't beat you, so uh, what a sleazy, what a sleaze bag, <laughs> boo! Thumbs down, yeah, thumbs sure. down. I've done it once uh-huh. against my friend. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> really good friends. Uh, the other deck I want to talk about in this top eight from Barcelona was uh, Richard Bland in third place, who has the rug. Has the red, blue, green? That's a that's monsters a, deck. So we were talking about rug earlier today, and we're basically like, why is this deck not all over the place? And well, Burton Genie is all over the place. The guy's just been everywhere and top eighting everything. Although not as as, uh, as I mean, Jerry T's the beast this season. But uh, is it just a deck that not a lot of people can pilot that well? Uh, it's the kind of deck that, as I was looking for a deck to playtest with today. Looked at it and said, "What does this deck do? Like, it just, like it, it's Not a much. it's a dumb monster deck. Like, well, it's, that's the it's thing. Just like, incredibly threat dense. You're it's like, sometimes you just end up. It's like it's like any ramp threat deck. Like sometimes you're just gonna have a hand with all gas, like all ramp and nothing to ramp into." But and sometimes you're going to get those hands that's just all big things with nothing to get there fast. But even when you're okay, the thing is, there's a lot of deck manipulation in the in this deck. Even when you're ramping, like you you yeah. you're going to find like a Holomar depths or a Oracle and Oracle of Moldiah, right. and you're just going to find something because you're generally cutting through a lot more of your deck than in the rest of the format. Well, that's what leads to people saying. I can't pilot this deck, or or you don't see it uh, in the top tables all that often, is because you really do need a good pilot to play it. Right. Because, uh, God, I I forget who said it, but it, it they just want to touch their deck a lot. Right. Like the if if you watch if you watch the pros and, and the decks that they choose, they just want to touch their deck all the time. Like the more that you're like shuffling your deck, manipulating it, drawing cards, looking at more cards, yeah, it's easier more, to the, cheat. I mean, the more, you, <laughs> no, well, but like the more you're gonna win, and like it's not necessarily true, but it definitely. Gives you a lot it's more. Dis- it gives you so many red. decision trees, <laughs> so many decision trees between uh, Halimar Depths, Explore, Preordain, Jace the Mind Sculptor. This deck has so many decisions in it that it can be hard to pilot, even though it looks like a big dumb monster deck. Right, and and that's what it is. I, like it, they're playing Precursor Golem for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean Precursor Golems. Also, I right? mean you get the turn three Precursor Golems. So that's that's kind of sweet, sweet, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't yeah. know. I mean like. It, it seems turn three Inferno good. Titans. That's a short ass clock. Turn three Inferno Titan seems sick. Hey, turn three Inferno Titan. Close combat. No. Fetch land. 
No. One, two, three, four, five. No, you're right. Sorry. No. Nice try. I guess you can explore. Chris Burroughs hasn't no, played a lot of Lotus Cobras. Explore. Yeah. You, you, you can't you explore. Turn, you turn two Lotus Cobra, you turn three Explore, double fetch land. Thank you. I know yeah. I, I know you can do it because you can turn three Primeval Titans okay. in uh, in my old Valkyrie list. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what I was thinking about. But nice. Yeah. Nice life. I guess. You're just being <laughs> a dick now. <laughs> Shut up. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, it, every time your opponent, like, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, it's turn three. My board is, like, uh, a Geopede and a Lynx, and I was on the draw. And then your opponent's like, draw Inferno Titan with a million lands. <laughs> you just want to take your pen and stab him in the throat because, <laughs> I mean, he can sign the slip with that shit. <laughs> Fuck it. Like... Thanks a lot, Sign asshole. Slip with your arterial <laughs> sprays, <son. laughs> Um So please play, play red, blue, green. <laughs> it's All be... you players who aren't that good, and don't think you can pilot rug. Just give it a shot at your next big event that we show up to. <laughs> I won't stab you in the throat. Promise. Until after the tournament. <laughs> So, um, uh, Brian else? Kibler's blue black infect deck. Booyah. Blue Thanks. black infect, and not and not James Plear's terrible blue black infect no, from no, Richmond, no. Virginia. That deck was awesome. Dude. I mean, no, it was no, that's Chris Kesby's <clears throat> deck. It was a binder pull. <laughs> it's not a binder pull. Uh, it was mostly that deck a binder is pull. sick. Now Brian Kibler's deck, on the other hand, is not a binder pull. No, I think we can. I think been, we can rest assured. Around. He's been tooling <laughs> around with this deck for a good couple of months now. Actually, I don't know. He yeah. does, he does have the three Phyrexian Fat Mothers in the board. Kind of looks like a binder. Pull. Just, <laughs> just saying. I don't know. It was just, just because you don't know how to innovate, yeah. you can only net deck and still lose. I don't yeah. know what to say. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's only funny because it is true. Uh, <laughs> Digging a little deep. I don't know. I I traded off my Scytherex the Blight Dragon this week, and Brian Kibler's got two of them. So dude, clearly yeah. should have waited a week. Cl- damn it. Damn. Clearly. Well, what's awesome is like his his like. Like, I've been watching his evolution of this deck, like, watching his, like, Star City videos and stuff like that. His initial build of this deck had, like, three or four Tezzerets in it. Yeah. And, like, as time went on, he dropped, like, his two-drop, like, dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Contagion Class was, like, two when he first started. And Tumble Magnet was at two. And just, as he's just been tooling around with it online, he's just come up with this deck list that... I guess he feels like it's pretty close to optimal. Is this, yeah. a, is this the same list that he's been uh, doing a video series with and... Mm-hmm. Or has he been writing articles? The last articles? one that he did a video series on. He writes on. articles, yeah. About yeah. A couple. Last, well, he did a video. He does a video series on Star City. And the last one that he had did not run Skitherex and it had Tezzerex. Okay. Well, what I'm getting at here is that I think it's really sweet that Brian Kibler uh, is actually practicing what he preaches. There's, there, there was, I don't know, about a year or so ago, there was this really negative trend of people writing articles and putting out deck lists that were that they knew were old. Right. They're like, oh, here's this deck list that looks pretty good, except it's two weeks old from our playtesting gauntlet, and right. we just never released it to anybody. So you guys go ahead and play that, even though we're two weeks ahead of what you're going to play. Right. And then they go to the event, and it, it it normally happened around Nationals qualifier time when a lot of people were just looking for any deck to pick up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, here's something new and sweet. And you are able to go to your big tournament and, 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 and steal the tournament, yeah. essentially. And... I don't know. You're sort of digging your own grave if you decide to play a net deck that's brand new a week before a tournament. And I don't know. Like, I, I don't see that happen as often anymore. No. And I'm not even going to name names there because, like, it's pretty specific to, to a certain I mean, there's certain a people, lot but... of people that have been doing that for a long time. It's just an old game. I haven't seen that happen in, in recent months, though. But people have been getting better, yeah. Well, it might also be that you can't break the format as fast anymore. 
like the format doesn't warp itself as quickly. So a lot of the decks we've been seeing just right now are iterations on the same deck. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're changing, you know, seven cards between a deck to the next week. And, but those seven cards make it, make every other deck jump through hoops to beat it again. You know, like right. it's, you know, it's, just, it's like it's, when precursor golem first hit the scene, like, you know, two months ago and everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, Nobody's playing bolts anymore. That guy's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, bolts, the bolts have to creep back in. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's, it's difficult to be two weeks ahead because say say you have the sick precursor golem tech, right? But you're two weeks ahead and everyone still has bolts, right? You just look like a fool. It's true. You're like, oh, got these precursor but golems. They were so Chris good. Gasby. Oh, so, get, so many lightning bolts. Um, precursor golem. Like, what if they bolt it? It's like nobody's gonna play bolt in a week. All right. Yeah, I, yeah but they're playing it this week. It's like whatever. Let's <laughs> right, let's rein it back into Kibler's list here. Uh, this deck actually poisons people out. Yeah. For for reals, yeah. Well, it's it's way more controlly. Um, he pretty much kept his necropedes because they're great against the aggro matchups. Uh, Frexing Crusader is fantastic against the aggro matchups. Look, I think he played Mono Red <sighs> twice in a row. Is that what they said? Is it, he played Mono Red twice in a row, and pretty much the games went okay. Well, Mono Red players like Goblin God do stuff, do stuff, and he's like. Uh, for Extreme Crusader, and the game ended. Well, like, so many of his cards are so good against aggro. Gotagian Clasp is nuts against, like, Boros and Red Deck wins. Um, Tumble Magnet's a great stall ticket. Like, Necropede is usually going to be a two-for-one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phyrexian Crusader is just like, <laughs> yeah, I block everything. Okay, so let's talk about what this deck doesn't have. Uh, no Spell Pierces. No Spell Pierces. Uh, four, four Mana Leaks. Yes, um, no Jace the Mind Sculptors. Correct. Two Jace Bellerins. Correct. Pretty bad. Uh, these seem like pretty radical departures from most most am, blue black decks. We've I'm a seen. tad surprised that he because his initial iteration had a number of mind sculptors in it, and no, that's not true. I'm confusing it with the Waftopa list or uh, the Guillaume-Magnol's list from Paris. Um, but I the the reason that I, I felt like he didn't play Jace the mind sculptor initially was because he had Tezzeret. And he doesn't have anything clogging up his four slot anymore. So I don't really see why he wouldn't play Jason Mind Sculptor now. But you know, I'm sure he's got I uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's got reasons. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's still got twenty six land, so Yeah, I mean it's a control deck. Yeah. Um but I mean like just watching his videos, it it, it looks really fun. I don't know how effective it is against some okay. builds, but I just want everybody to take note. This deck still has four creeping tarpets. This deck wins with poison. It's got yeah. four ink mob nexuses. All of its creatures do poison damage. It's still got creeping tarpets. Yeah. Listeners, creeping tarpet is a good card. Uh, we've been sent multiple deck lists this week that didn't have the man lands in them. Gotcha. And, creeping tarpet is by far the best man land right now. But like, it, it's mind blowing like, that, that people were like, ah, oh, well, I didn't think I needed it. Or I didn't want the comes in a play tapped to, to slow me down or hold me back. I'm like, <laughs> what? Huh? What? It's like I don't even know how to respond well, to this. How about this. Let's say you had access to Treetop Village. Would you play it? Hell oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Creepy Tarpet's better, <laughs> right? Like, how about an unblockable Treetop Village? I mean, like now, if if they're like, oh well, the Forbidding Watchtower. I don't, I don't really like that card. And there were a lot of white decks where like, oh, Forbidding Watchtower never got in. Yeah, but you, I mean, he's not unblockable, right? <laughs> Forbidding Watchtower sucks. Like, Creeping Tarpet kills Jace's. Like, let's just think about these these types of decks. Is like what we talked about with James Fleer when he was on. It's like you can't beat a Gideon, right? So like you need something like Creeping Tarpet to help take down a Gideon. Yeah, like because you're just swinging in with these one power and two power. 
bullshit guys that are great when they connect with the face, but when they're just running into fucking planeswalkers, it's just like, oh, that's awful. Not too great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so. does, it does have the one end of the royal as it's, se- it's, as it's, 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 it's singular it's out to Gideon. Sexy, sexy yeah. Gideon killer, end of the royal. <laughs> Get out of here, Gideon. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, out of here, Brian Kibler. Out of here, Guillaume Wapatapa. Who else? Who else did good? Oh, oh, Chris Casby know. wants to talk about rogue decks from Barcelona. Oh, from Barcelona. These decks look fun as shit. All right, what do you got? All right, we got Antonio Martos. Yeah, playing mono white control. So cool. Let me let me just preface this by uh, Chris Casby loves to look at the final standings of GPs and then make fun of everyone's names. Yeah. Especially the European GPs. I'm like, Casby, everyone's from Europe. They have crazy-ass names. Hey. I love Antonio Martos. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like Because he plays with four Miri of the Sky Ruins, baby. I, that's a... That's a real card. That's a real card and extended. We'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> uh, this is... Wow. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, 20, 24 lands for Amiria's. What what else is in here? Um, well, it's, this is ninth place. His land package is four Technonic Edges and a bunch of fetches and planes. Um, uh, he's playing some Core Sanctifiers for the artifact smashing ability. Uh, okay. Four Pilgrim's Eyes to make sure that he hits all his manners. Okay. Uh, he's running the Squadron Hawk Stone Forge Mystic Package. Those, those ones are why good. Why wouldn't you? You're playing with white. Good. You're playing with planes. Why wouldn't you? Uh, four Sun Titans and three Wall of Omens. Okay. And he's also playing with Day of Judgments, a Bone Horde as a Stone Forge Fitcher, uh, the two swords, and two Mortar Pods. Also for squad uh, for Stone Forge Mystic and a Silver yes. Staff and a Silver Staff. So he's got two, three, four, five. He's got six equipments to find with four Stone Forge Mystics. Yes, yeah. sir. That's a well, lot of equipment. Because sometimes you bring it back with Sun Titan. Well, he's That's also got. Well, one of them That's is a, a living weapon, so it doesn't really count. It's true. Um, two of them are living weapons. Sorry, two. And then he's and then yeah. he's got Elspeth Terrell and Journey Nowhere to round it out. Um, Elspeth Terrell seems weird. Let me. Th- this In deck an equipment deck. Yeah, sure it does. I don't. It just seems. I don't know, just making them. I, I, there's nothing wrong with making a bunch of 1-1s, one but... But that's, like, what it does in the deck, right? Because if you're making a bunch of permanents and then blowing them all up, it just seems really bad. He needs stuff to attach all these equipments to. He's got six equipments in the deck. He's clearly got a... He's got 21 got a, creatures. He's got to strap something on him. He's got 21 creatures. They're all 1-1s. What? They're all... Literally everything in this deck is a 1-1. He's going he's gonna to use four Wrath of Gods to grind the game out and then use Sun Titan to bring back stuff... Stuff. And then put stuff on crappy soldiers that then beat down. That's this deck's game plan. You know what deck this seems like? Flicker white in extended. It looks like almost the With exact no same deck. Flicker. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. the flicker is the coolest part I mean, of the deck. The, like so. the flicker wisp was really, really cool out of, out of the extended you more deck. more coming to play triggers. Right. It just it seems like a slightly worse version of that. However, well, obviously we should be playing with Glimmer Point Sag in this deck, right? <laughs> I mean, the original deck that that broke with with the Flicker Wisp had two Glimmer Point Stags in the main deck too. Um, it's not often that you see an extended strategy jump to standard, right? It, it doesn't quite because they don't usually translate. Travel, well. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't like it's not forward compatible generally. Uh, right. I mean, like, I saw uh, an article today. It was. Uh, the, the title was like, it's only a matter of time, uh, Stoneforge Mystics in Legacy. And, oh, yeah, and, and, and I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was Sam Black, yeah. Uh, people are now playing the this package in Legacy, and it, it's like, oh, like, it's sort of a budgety deck, but it definitely can um, kill people. Sword of Fire and Ice is nuts. 
Also a $50 card right now. Because everyone's jumping ship to play Stoneforge and Legacy. I mean, it, and it's a tremendously casual appeal type card. So. Uh, Antonio, ninth place. Yeah. This white deck. Uh, another interesting deck. Andre Labat. Okay. Playing Dredgevine. Sick, sick name. I like how you made the, like you made the Moto sound effect. That's really sweet. What? I don't know. I don't understand how people play Moto with sound effects. You made the Moto sound effect. Oh, did I? Sorry. Blew my mind. Um, so this guy playing... I looked at this list and I was like, I don't even know how he does this. But mm. he's basically playing the old school Dredgevine deck. But instead... Like, we lost Merfolk Looter, I guess. Um, and all of the unearthed creatures that made that deck playable. Um, so now what's it doing? He replaced it with Squadron Hawks and Stoneforge Mystics. Oh, of course. Because why not? Because why not? Shut up. No, it's for real, man. Give me this. He's yeah, like, he's got a Sphinx uh, of I'll turn one to heat your own crab. I'll mill myself for six on turn two. I'll go get whatever I didn't mill with my Squadron Hawk. I don't yeah. know. So this is green, white, blue. It's using... Stoneforge Mystic to find one sort of body in mind and three bone horde. You can't mill yourself with sort of body in mind. Correct. Okay. Just just making sure. Uh the only thing I could think about that is that you can switch game plans mid game. And mill them. And start going for them. <laughs> yep. Uh I mean you do have the four Hedron crabs. <coughs> so why does this Bone Horde seem sick when you're milling yourself? You're like, yeah. hey, check out all these dudes in the yard. So this has four ornithopters and zero memnites. It's also not doing, like, you, you remember Conley was doing that Deck Doctor segment with the Riddlesmith and stuff? It's not doing that. This is doing, uh, this deck, I don't, uh, I'd get this deck out of my face. I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand I don't how it plays. It, like, uh, it, it plays ha- with, uh. Doesn't this just roll to a pyroclasm? Like, <laughs> get out of here. No, because you got bed finds. Okay. You got, no you got a trinket mage. You got Fauna Shaman. To go get random things that you haven't uh-huh. built already? I don't know. It, it seems like... It seems like it rolls mess. to a pyroclasm. It seems like the most gambly of decks ever. Like, I don't know. I guess you're just like, okay, I milled this. I guess I have this left in my deck. I can go get it because it kind of does what I want it to do. Like, I don't, I don't know. It attacks the metagame from such a bizarre position that literally nobody knows what the hell's going on. I mean, it, it, I will say the old Dredgevine decks, they didn't have the ability to cast a lot of the spells that were in the deck. Right. Uh, this one... Has all the mana to cast the thing. Like you can just you can just make the venge binds well, and swing. Made made it into the thirty second place. Thirty second place. Snuck snuck in. When I read the article, he was eight and one. That's, I, yeah, and then he played against all the real decks on day two. <laughs> I mean, he had, like, yeah, he had to go was, all the way to round ten before he played a real deck. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a grand prix, man. You have, I mean, you have no, three round buys. You're in Europe. I mean, there was some other goofy stuff going on around there too. There, there, there was a. Uh, a similar deck to Kibler's floating around on the top of the tables. Um, a Furnace Celebration deck that we looked at and looked just oh, it looked yeah. awful. It, like, seemed... it really just doesn't seem as good as Michael Rokes. The, yeah. the the power from it is coming from Hero of Oxid Ridge. Right. And let's... We can talk about it a little bit. Um, I mean, Hero of Oxid Ridge is really good. Like... It's... He's really, really good. So but. I spent an hour today sitting here thinking about and trying to brainstorm while other people were playtesting, trying to brainstorm ways to try to break the format. Like, what Like what am I going to play in DC? I need to find a deck. I don't know what I want to do. I'm all frustrated. And so I came I, – I had boiled it down to a couple different cards um, that I thought had really broken the format. Those cards were um, Slagstorm, Leonin Arbiter, Inquisition of Kozilek, um, 
and to a lesser extent, like Mind Sludge or Abyssal mm-hmm. Persecutor, but those were just like pet cards of mine. Um, Hero of Oxid Ridge hadn't been on my radar for a while until we started looking back up decks that used to be good and figuring out uh, if, if some of these were updatable. And Hero of Oxid Ridge beats Squadron Hawks. And it beats Overgrown Battlements. And those were the two decks, the the two big decks that we're aiming for is Squad Hog decks and Valakut decks. Mm -hmm. And it's, we were were playing with proxies to start. And I didn't realize, I had to to confirm multiple times, when this attacks, is he unblockable or is all the guys unblockable? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, guys with one power can't block. And he's like... So so you're, you're all my guys? No guys can't block, huh? I'm like, I finished my sentence, right? And then he pulls a card out and he looks at it and he's like, until end of turn, suck it, you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, when this guy swings, nobody blocks and it's awesome. Well, none of your shitty dudes block. Yeah, but there's not a lot of not oh, shitty dudes. But that's in been, that's been the 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 big roadblock for the aggro decks is that they're playing all shitty dudes. And the shit you do is just gum up the ground until... Obviously, uh, this guy threw a Hero of Oxidridge for the mirror. I mean, <laughs> Avi. It, it beats Eldrazi spawn tokens, too. So, I mean, race to, race to those guys. Uh, we, don't have the, we don't have the list in front of us, but it, it was a really cool deck. And I think Hero of Oxidridge has a lot of room to grow. Yeah, it, yeah. We've seen it in Boros a couple times. But I, I feel like there are just more archetypes that that, Dude, that card so, could go into. We're I'll, so spoiled by cards right now. Like, yeah. Zendikar block was so ridiculous. Like, Yeah, and Scars of Mirrodin has terrible cards. Well, it, I mean, other than, it's, other than it's dual lands. But yeah. I'm saying, like, when you when when Zendikar cycles out, we're going to be left with this weird fucking metagame where it's like every, like, well, no, like every, like, weird little pet brew you had, any, like, bullshit little synergy that you had in a limited game that you're like, man, can I do this in standard? Mm. The answer is yes. Yeah. You're going to be able to because, like, is my, is there's it, no more Jace the Mind Sculptor. There's no more Gideon. There's no more Goblin God. Like, you're... Well, wasn't Gideon confirmed for, for M12? Uh, uh, we don't know if it's a new one or the old one. We don't know. We, uh, we, we've dumb, seen dumb. a picture of Gideon. Uh, are you saying that my Indomitable Archangel deck will finally be good? It can be. Are you saying that my Shriekhorn Vidalcan Infuser deck will finally be good? It can be. Are you saying that our Mono White Infect Phyrexian Digester deck can be good? Uh, that deck is good. Oh, <laughs> oh it's already good. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. forgot. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go on break. Let's go on break. I want to I want to come back. I need to I need to I need to regroup, and we'll talk about uh, our extended uh, adventures this weekend. Yeah, talk about the Facebook listener requests. Talk about uh, and then Gatsby's awful bruise. Yeah, there's a lot of them, boys. <laughs> yeah. All right, see you in a bit. You guys look so much classier. Drinking like beers out of like real beer glasses. And I'm drinking like some girly drink you made me out of a fucking Pyrex mixing cup. Again, whose fault is that? Again, how many clean cups do you have? 
just looked in a cabinet and I was like, well, that looks clean. How many clean How many clean glasses do you have in your apartment? Mmm, yeah. That's not plastic. Yeah, plastic that's, oh, that's not fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's got not plenty fair. of cups. They're all plastic. <laughs> So, Sorry, um, I don't use red solo cups. We uh, we wanted to, to address a couple of the uh, the listener requests. Um, one that actually oh we, we got, g- we, we, give we, me a new intro. That was terrible. It, what? I don't want to talk about. I don't want to dog you like that. Oh, that's okay. Back. I don't care. I'm a messy boy. Everyone knows this. They've seen me. They've smelled me. We should do it again. <laughs> we should do it again. It's fine. No. We're not gonna do it again. We should do it again. <sighs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? We're back from our nicotine fit. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some listener requests. Yep. Um, actually, one that we got a few weeks ago that we never really addressed, which I thought was a really good one. And I don't know if we have time for it, but it seemed like do. a really good one. We have time for it now. Um, it was from uh, Rubik's. Ruben, I think? Ruben. Um, and he, was, he asked us, uh, how do we decide oh, what yeah. decks we play? On a regular basis, what we decide we're going to play at a big event, and um, basically how we go about testing and how we go about you pick something. tweaking and what we decide we want to play. Okay, it's a big topic, but uh, um, we can definitely talk about that. Okay, so so the first thing I, w- I want to throw out there is, is an epiphany I had earlier today, and it's something that I see is a big hole in a lot of people's games. Um, and I'll, I'll see if I can express it clearly here. You can let me know if I do it right. Um, I realized that a lot of people, and maybe it's just my problem when I audible to a deck, is that a lot of people will audible to a deck or pick a deck from the internet that they don't have a lot of experience with, and they have the cards, or they work really hard to get the cards, and they sleeve them up, and they don't really play, they don't play enough games with it. They don't even know the interactions of their own deck, or they don't know all the tricks of a matchup, and something I realized was, if you're going to go to a PTQ, and you're going to play the tournament, and you expect to win, winning that tournament will take... Mm, this last one was seven rounds plus a top eight. It'll be that'll be ten rounds of magic that you that right. you probably have to play. Um, I would wager that a lot of people when they pick up a deck to play it for a tournament they haven't even played ten rounds. <laughs> they don't they right. don't have ten rounds worth of games in. Right, right. That's and that's in, totally true. That's insane to me that that you would try to go to a tournament and expect to do well or to win and not know enough about your deck to play it. Right. Well, it's insane to you, but you've done it before. I have, like, and I haven't ever done well at those tournaments. Right, and that's the thing is, like, okay, so let's let's take them like, through a little bit of how how we're prepping for G- GP Dallas okay, right now. Sure. So Dallas is about a week and a half away, and the reason we're te- uh, we're testing today is because we want to get plenty of games in before we go. We've we've known that the event's coming up for a while, and the meta shifts back and forth a little bit, but for the most part, you can know what the key decks are. Right. We know we know for a fact right now that Valica and Squadron Hawk decks show up in force at right. every tournament. It doesn't matter well, if Valica's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what tournament you go to. Valica's fallen out of favor. We're talking about the mostly it's two different versions of Callblade that show up in force. Sure, yeah, but th- it, there are mm, a, a couple number of archetypes that you do need to be prepared for. Absolutely, and you can adjust them back and forth based on the the popular decks that have happened in the last couple of weeks. But we have what another ten, twelve days to really kind of nail down what we want to play. Right. Um, we're coming in, Chris and I both have three buys, so we know that you can filter out some of the complete randomness of what you're going to have to play against. And that leaves these these couple of things that we really need to aim for, and hopefully you're playing a deck that's real. 
Right. So, like, you, we could design a deck that's 100% narrow to beat two decks. Mm-hmm. And, like, I really, really wanted to play Leon and Arbiter. I tried so hard today right. to, to, make it, to make it a real thing. But, but then I realized that it's, it's so narrow. Mm-hmm. It's so super narrow. I'm like, what if I just play against Black Red Vampires and my Leon and Arbiter is just another bear that right. they don't care about? And we've talked about, well, talking about this at a GP... Uh, Grand Prix's the it's not just the first three. Uh, getting through the first three rounds with buys is great, but there's still another two or three rounds where you're going to be finding people still playing the jank. I mean, the, the, there's just so many people at a Grand Prix that it takes that many more rounds for you to actually filter out to get to those top art of like the the. There's like there's a couple of rounds where all the jank uh, needs to get filtered out, and then there's a couple of rounds where all the people that are playing tier one decks but not playing them as well get filtered out and then you find the people who are actually supposed to be winning the tournament well then by that point you get about to day two about day yeah, two about day two all the real players are, are coming back for day two you, you might find one or two random guys um not the point the, the way that we're selecting a deck is essentially this this is my process and it i'm always at a bigger advantage when i know that i have a tournament to prepare for um, a lot of the reasons that I audible are when I get surprised by a tournament. Yeah. When I get a phone call that's like, hey, there's a tournament in North Carolina on Saturday, and we have an extra spot in the car. Do you want to hop in? Right. And I'm like, oh, it's Thursday afternoon. So why not? I guess so. Yeah, that sounds fun. Sure. Why not? Let's go. And then I'm like, oh, I have 24 hours to find a deck right. to to try to go to North Carolina with a win, a day, win, win the day. Right. Um, those generally don't work out well. Uh, when when you're in a position where you know what you want to find, you know what you want to play, and you know the type of deck that you're generally good at playing, Mm -hmm. that's when you're at a big advantage to look at the field, identify the type of deck that you're most comfortable with, and then just play. Absolutely. Play and play and play. And so today, I mean, like, okay, uh, I've stuck with the same deck for so long Mostly because I just I don't have time to play test a lot, but when I do get to play test, I I jam games. I jam a lot of games. And actually, let's talk about let's talk about before I jump into anything else. Let's talk about how we play test because actually playing the games is not actually playing rounds. We are playing these speed games like really really fast. You're taking your turns most some of them before your other, your opponent actually like says. All right, I think I'm done. Pass the turn, and you know you're letting people take stuff back, and then you're helping your opponent. You're like, here, you you played this Inquisition opposed to like, <laughs> let me tell you, this is what you should take. Well, we just we saved Chris from an onboard death earlier today. Yeah, I had no idea, and it's just because we were just like, Chris, there's no reason for you to let me keep these Eldrazi spawns. You're gonna die if I have them. And he goes, oh. I was like, sorry, I thought the obvious play was to keep you off of mana because you're running so slow. Yeah, but it was, no, it was really, not the case. No, um, and. What what really com- what it really comes down to is jamming as many games as possible into the amount of time you have to play test. We don't have a a tremendous we don't have hours and hours to play test, but like we spend like three hours today playing yeah, games. You try to come across as many situations as you can, and then you in the really tough ones you walk each other through it. And sometimes you just lay out your hand and you're like, look, what do I do? You just ask. You're like, is this a keepable hand? Or, or well, you're asking, like, yeah. you're like, I don't know what to do here. I've got two lines of play, right. and instead of Sitting there and tanking and thinking about it, trying to figure it out, taking forever, thinking about what's in your opponent's time. Like you're wasting, you're wasting your own yeah. time. You're wasting your opponent's time. The better way to play test is 
lay it all down. Or if, if you don't really feel comfortable, like if it's a situation where if I show my opponent this one, everything falls down, just make a play. Yeah. Like just spend a little bit of time and You're say, like, I kind of think this is probably right. Just make the play. I have, I have two lines here. I don't know which one is right. I'm going to try this. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, well then I won't do it again next time. And if so I've, I've even had games where I'm like, all right, well this didn't pan out this turn. Let's rewind the entire board state back. I'll take this other line of play just because I need to know what it's like. I don't know how often it's going to come up, but I need to have seen it and done it right. And a lot of times you can just talk to your opponent about it. Absolutely. It's just playtesting. So something really important that comes up here is that you need to make sure you're playtesting with the right people. Uh, yeah. If this, this is a situation I've run into a couple times where I have some people over to playtest, and... One guy's getting really frustrated because he can't win a game. And they're sitting there, and we're like, oh, we're just going to jam 10 games real quick. And they come across, and they, they finish like 9-1. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, there's no way this can be a 9-1 matchup. This does not seem right. like, this does not seem like it's right. I didn't watch all your games, but you guys did something wrong. Why don't you switch decks? And so either, when you when you pull the deck swap, and you just test with somebody else, test yep. with the same decks, but uh, different different people... If the same guy starts losing the other side of the matchup, you kind of realize that it's the play skill thing. And instead, of, you don't kick him out of your play group. You probably teach him how to, what I mean, he's doing wrong. You need to you need to either lift him up or <clears throat> well, that aside, there's there's play styles too. There's there's obviously people that you play with that love making goblin guides on turn one. Yeah, and then there's other people you like playing with who like playing mana leaks on turn two. Yeah, you know, so like, so when you stick them with the howling mind combo deck, they're like, I don't know, I don't what, to know do. what to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, whoops. And yeah, that's really awkward. You, you you try not to do that, but sometimes uh, you you really do end up with a weaker link in your in your testing pool than you need to. And you can either you know choose not to invite them back, or you can try to build them up. And it de- kind of depends on who's in your playgroup, who you have available, right? Right. And I don't know. It's kind of harsh to say it that way. Like I don't I, I don't enjoy like avoiding people or kicking people out of a playtest group. But I mean, if you're not up to snuff, or you or you really do just sit there and tank forever, I'm like. What are you doing? Like, right. I mean, I can sit here and listen to music, but I can do that on my own time. Like, right. I, like we're trying to play, we're trying to play, we're trying to prepare for a tournament here. Like, right. we need to just it. What it really comes down to is playing as many games as possible. Yeah, just like I said, seeing so many situations. Now, one of one of the stories that I like to tell is is right before I I won states is I spent two weeks just playing the same deck and tweaking it and tweaking it a little bit, just a little bit here and there and here and there. But I was playing on Workstation, which I actually hate. I think Magic Workstation is a bad format for you to be playtesting because their shuffler is based on a 40-card shuffler, and you end up with these shitty hands all the time. But basically, I just needed to see as many combinations of cards, of openers, and see what's keepable, what's not. This is not a deck that was on anyone's radar. This is something that I pulled off the internet that someone was like, or LSB was like, yeah, this is something that wasn't good enough, uh, but we could, I, I could see someone tweaking it right making it work so i was like i'll be that guy <laughs> and so like if i had had a playtest group it would have been nice to have some input uh, i mean I, eventually what i came up with was right but it took a lot more time of just running through tons and tons of situations and just doing what i had like just seeing everything trying to figure out how to level yourself up just see it once like everything once just know what it what you're doing would you say that if you had a playtest group, if you even had one other guy to sit down and play games with and just talk about certain lines or what you think it should be in the deck and what shouldn't and and 
I certainly would have figured it out faster, that's for sure. Do you think it would have come up with a better deck? Do you think it would have showed up with almost the same thing? I would have come up with the same thing, but I would have done it a week before. Like, uh, literally the morning of that tournament, I actually said to myself, I was like, there was like a something that clicked in my head, and I was like, oh my god, I've been having uh, a hard time with this one matchup. Isn't it obvious that the answer to Blightning is you have, like, 12 potential blue sources in your deck, just run an island in your board and, and flash freeze, or whatever it was. I think it was Negate, actually. Something like that. Something I think like it was that. Negate. Yeah. And I was like, oh. No, 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 it was flash freeze. Okay. Asked, yeah, sure. Asked Will. I was like, should I play Negate or flash freeze? He was like, flash freeze. But whatever. Like, the, the fact that I had to come up with it the morning of the tournament was bad. It took me two I don't weeks. think so. I don't necessarily think so, though. But it took uh, me two weeks to figure it out, and it was untested are, walking the tournament. No, but if you look at so many, you look at so many tournament reports where the guy goes, the, you're you're able to make an informed decision without testing. Sometimes, on theory, it's based on your complete knowledge of of the deck, of the deck, and of everything that you know you're going to play against that day. If you know that you have bad green matchups, or you have you have bad certain matchups. And you know that, uh, like it, it does click. Let everybody in your, in your group know. Uh, I've I've seen multiple reports where this happens. Where, They're like, hey. where they they all sc- they all scratch out something on their sideboard real fast, add two of a different card, right. and it becomes sick all day, and they win. Right. And uh, you know it it's that kind of kind of last minute teching that you know it, it happens. I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say it's bad. I was I was upset with the fact that it took me so long to figure it all out. I figured I was like, you know, this is something that I should have just had. And if with a playtest group, you can actually get this together in a yep. decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Um, another thing is a lot of <clears throat> this random like sideboard and main deck tech that everyone kind of just comes up with at last minute. Like it comes from just playing a lot of limited. Yeah. Like you know, just the more rares. Like we've said it before. Like whenever a new f- set comes out, you just want to play with the rares and like. I realized it recently. Like, every time a new set comes out, I make an awful deck. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I play it as my pet deck and just play the shit out of it. Yeah. And just to just get a feel for, like, the new mechanics. And mm-hmm. eventually you know? you're like, oh, well, this is clearly, this, this, uh, Baneslayer Angel is clearly better than this Battle Grace Angel, which is, which is obvious on the surface, but, and it's, it's a really bad example, but it's obvious on the surface when you say it like that. But well, no, I mean, sometimes you really do just have to play both the cards and realize which one's better. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when like I make this awful deck and I'm just like when I made a level up deck when fucking Razzle Yeah. Came out, and I didn't need to make a deck to figure out how awful it was. Yeah. I did need to make a deck to figure out how to use the little, you know, the interactions, how to do like resource management and stuff like that. Like just getting a feel for that type of stuff. Not only does it increase your limited game just by leaps and bounds, but it also gives you. Like, just weird knowledge of cards. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, like, this interaction's good here in Limited, and that comes up all the time in Constructed. Right. That might be good enough in Constructed play. You know, and it's just like, you know, ridiculous stuff like that will give you, like, such an edge against these players who just do nothing but fucking Moto Grind all day. They have no idea what's going on. They just played net decks. You know, and they might actually be pretty good at their stupid little net deck. Right. But, like, when you, like, that's why when, you know, Jerry T comes up with these weird techs... Like, everyone's just blown away, and they have mm-hmm. no idea how to interact with it. I actually talked to Jerry T one time. He's a funny guy. He's, I, I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I know what you're playing today. And he was like, well, do you? And I was like, well, I mean, you did make the deck. And he said, or this was when he made Naya, uh, Naya Vengevine thing, or whatever it was. With the Spark Mage. With the Spark Mage, yeah. yeah. 
and uh, and he was like, "Yeah, well, you changed seven cards these days, and you made a new deck." Yeah. So, and that was absolutely true. Yeah, and he just keeps doing it though, and he just keeps doing it right. Yeah. So, um, as seen by the last three weeks of top eighting, yep, and winning. Yep. Uh, more than that, dude. Like, it's it's been it's, it's it, like some kind of like six week run. The man's I'm not been even on kidding. a really impressive hot streak. Yeah. Um, another thing that's I think is really important is just like like I said just a few minutes ago, just playing your style. Yeah. Like, if someone hands you the best deck and you play it for two weeks, and you know it's the best deck and you have a good hold on like how the interactions are in the deck, but you don't feel comfortable playing it, then don't play it. Right. Like Patrick Sullivan. Like, that dude, like he said, like, he's been playing the same deck for 10 years. It's true. Because he knows how to play that deck. Yeah. Like, Red Deck Wins is not the best deck in the format. He won a 5K, or like an open series open event. Open series event. Because he knew how to play it, and he knew how to play against Control, and he knew how to play against other aggro decks. Yeah. So it's like, there's little tweaks and stuff with, you know, card choices and stuff like that. But like, like he said, he's like, they were like, you know, how did you test for this, you know, in the top eight profile? And he's like... I've been playing this deck for the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, I could have just picked it up cold. It's the same damn exactly. thing I've been doing forever. So it's like when you when you just have a play style, like if you understand your strengths, then just play to your strengths. Right. Like if you have a very calculating and analytical mind, control might be a very good call for you. You pick like, up, you pick you up so many. aggressive style, just play fucking Goblin Guides. Yeah. You pick you know? up so many, so many percentage points by playing what you know. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it requires less testing, which... I, I don't obviously advocate so much. Like, you do need to know what the other decks in the format are. Right. But, and sometimes you can be walking in completely dead. Sometimes the format could be completely hostile to yeah. combo. And you're like, I only ever play combo. I, I search for combo decks so hard, so, so hard for Dallas. I don't think there's a combo deck. I'm not going to end up playing combo. Yeah. I, as much as I would love to. I mean, Valakut is pretty much. I mean, it's, it's, com it is, it's yeah. combo-ish, but it's not the deck, that, it's not the deck for me. Right. And I don't like it, so I'm not going to play it. Well, like, just now, like, when we were waiting for you to, like, load up all, you know, the, mm -hmm. the podcast stuff, Burrow's like, here, play test with me real quick, you know, we'll just shoot around a few games. Um, and I was like, I don't know, hand me a deck, and he hands me Valakut, and I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not doing that. I was like, I don't understand. Why Why wouldn't you do that? He's like, uh, it's just, I, I'm, I don't understand. All the You're not going to get any value out of it. I play it bad. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and I know. didn't care what he played at that point. I just needed to see hands for the deck I was playing, so. <laughs> so they handed me another awful deck. Yeah, you know. Elves. There's plenty. Of, yeah. I mean, I'm not Matt awful. Nass. I think Matt Nass is the only guy who can play elves. There's plenty too. of bad decks that you have yeah, to have uh, in your LSB, wallet. mind you, got his big start playing. I was just saying. <laughs> Can't make elves without LSV. That's right. <laughs> ah. ah. All right. Let's talk. Let's let's jump into some of these some of these topics that are okay. So that, that are that, viewers. Hopefully that answered some of your your question, Ruben. Uh, basically, uh, a mix of knowing the metagame. Um, just having some knowledge of card interactions outside of specific cards and actually just playing something you're comfortable with. And playing yeah. And play playing test the lot. shit out of whatever you can. You, like, have to, you, you really do have to play a lot. Yeah. Like, as, as much as we can say, oh, I'll just walk in a tournament cold. I've been playing this deck for 10 years. If you don't know what any of the other decks do, you're dead in the water. Yeah. So the one, the, Sullivan knew what was the going few on. times that I've done that, like... It, it turns into a long day because I did that with Next Level Band and I oh, yeah. ran it cold. And I did really well, but like every match I'm sitting there staring at my hand. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like And then you have you to don't... stare then you have to stare at your opponent's board like, okay, so what does that do? Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Uh, obviously not the best thing to do to go and raw dog. To try and figure out all the interactions while, while you're sitting you're playing, down. Yeah. yeah. 
That's uh, actually next level event was just good enough that I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, these, these cards are just nuts. I don't need to know. Well, how to you play figured them. it out before we even started that it was an Elspeth deck. Okay, so so but, Sean, so Sean Patchen you know, of uh, Scrubland logo fame. He's uh <laughs> he wanted to know if uh, mono green and uh, vampires were real decks anymore. If the if the metagame had passed them by. Well, and let me let me say this. Uh, the mono green Eldrazi deck has shown up a couple times the last couple weeks in top 16s. Right. It hasn't won any tournaments. It hasn't done tremendously well. Uh, it is a factor of that guy knew that deck. Right, that, de- right. that deck was good, like, what, six months ago? Like, last summer? Like, yeah. That, yeah. Oh, like, a really long time ago, the deck was pretty good. So if he's only been playing that for a long time, and he knows it in and out, right. he picks up extra percentage points. He'll win more games with it. Absolutely. It's, like, it's not unplayable. We've said it before. I feel like conventional wisdom is, like, it's just a bad Eldrazi deck. Yeah. Or a bad uh, Valakid deck. Bad Valakid deck. deck. Um, so... Like, why would you play that deck when you could just play, when you can a, play a better version of it, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, Valakit in the iterations that I, that I was running for a long time, uh, not only was a turn faster than it, so it's just better, but it also, when it goes off, kills the hell out of that deck. Yeah. So I was I played it twice in DC and I was like, I don't know what you're doing over there. It doesn't even matter what you're well, doing. Well, there's literally, like, only one play that... Mono Green Eldrazi can do that has is basically a turn one like winning in one turn and that's playing an Emrakul. Emrakul, absolutely, and that costs fifteen. Right. Um, and you know Valka pretty consistently boom booms on five or six. Yeah. You know, so like that that's a very considerable difference yeah. in you know like. You know, I don't care how well your deck ramps. Like, 15 mana is some stupid number. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even when you have Ancient Tombs for free yeah, and shit. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's insane. Um, vampires showed, vampires? Up, showed up at the TCG player event. Blackbird Vamps is still a good deck. Um, it, it's, it's, I think it's a metagame call. Like, it's not good. Like, if you look around the room, you see a lot of Valakit, and you see, like, a lot of slow aggro decks, you know, like, mid-game stuff. It's not going to happen now, though. It's It's not. But I'm saying, like... You're looking around the room. You don't see as much cargo as you you think you should. Then you know Black Red Vamps has a chance because Black Red Vamps can't be Val. It can't be Cargo. Gatekeeper Malakir lost a lot of equity as soon as Squadron Hawk became like the nuts. The, the yeah. insane. Yeah. Like it, he he used to be really really great, and now it's uh, like uh, any sword makes any guy a three three, right. and that just outclasses every vampire. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. The thing about that's not to say that they can't tweak the board though. Like but it's it's doable. It's still a playable deck. But like basically, I mean, from from what I'm seeing is that you know, it has a great game against Cargo game one, and game two yeah. and three. They just kind of punt because. Well, the 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 worst part about vampires is it used to be it used to have that for a little while it had that combo finish where you were like oh I got the Colossal Highborn I got the sword I'm gonna make a huge dude on a sword while draining life you and gaining life me and then the sword gets in there because they it, it turns into the abyss everything you played needs to die. But uh, now the the problem is their sword is outclassed by the fact that we have two mythic swords and the splash damage that everyone... And one of them actually says, pro your guy. Right. <laughs> pro your guy and also just... But the thing is, there's so much hate for the two swords that are the, not the vampire sword. Right. That now they have to resort to captivating vampire, which is strictly worse. So the entire deck just gets... Diluted. It gets yeah. real bad. It's bad. Like you, you have to you have to play your deck differently, and then it turns bad. Um, that being said, I mean, like all these decks, all all decks that are kind of like tier one point five, um, 
the vamps was up at top, and I think it's kind of dropped down to 1.5 where it's at now. Unfortunately, um, yeah. you know, like there's a lot of decks like that, like green white Vengevine, like quest decks, stuff like that. Um, they just don't hold a torch because, like, a deck that is so good, like Jund did it for so long, and now Kago variants seem to be doing it now. It's like whenever a deck archetype becomes so good as these these ha- are and have been, like you really just have to address that and kind of have like the rest of the metagame kind of be like yeah <laughs> like something else that you kind of you know like a, a tertiary like you know I'll, I'll touch on that later yeah. once I deal with the fact that I can beat this matchup. <laughs> yep. um, but you know that being said, like I don't know, mono green not as good as Valakut. Right. Vance just I don't know. I just feel like it's not as good as red deck. So there's some goblin decks that are just they they have a better place in the metagame. Yeah, that, they're just faster. And I'm just sorry, more sorry, vampires. The meta passed you by. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it sucks. They'll be back. What did Andrew Pedley want to know about? Stra- uh, what is it? Strandwalker. Strandwalker. Oh, yeah. uh, Does this guy cost five. All right, real quick. Strandwalker. Strandwalker's bad five. because you can't side him in because they side in artifact hate. So right there you well, go. Well, <laughs> there's there's also that. It's also weak to. Jace, if if he wins the Jace War and you're like, oh, Strandwalker, they're like, oh, minus one, your germ is dead. And now you have to spend your time, sorcerer speed, equipping this to something crabs. Like, and it actually costs a I, lot. It costs so much. Can't, so. can't we just, like, Acid Web Spider? Shut up. Or Patrick Dancy. Turn What's a Casby contest? Ca- a contest? Patrick Dancy a contest wants to-, to get a night with you, Casby. I mean, uh, I am pretty a bo- fun. <laughs> a bottle, uh, okay, a bottle of whiskey and a pack of cigarettes, and Chris Casby can be yours all night long. Exactly. I'm a pretty cheap date. <laughs> yeah. I don't even drink good whiskey. Exactly. <laughs> like, what do you drink? Black velvet? Black velvet? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, who uh, even heard of that? When you, go in, when you go into the whiskey section, and you go, yeah, pass the good whiskey, pass the bourbon, <laughs> then go to the blended whiskey. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. You can try and tell it's already getting worse. Yeah. Now look down to the floor. <laughs> That's where you'll find black velvet <laughs> do we have to like open a trap door underneath the shelf to get the black yeah. <laughs> i mean it's not that bad okay but um and benny oh i mean benny ram Smith, nation ram hey. nation boo 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 yo vcu man there are okay so vcu uh home team has made the top four i don't think any of us watch basketball or anything but really yeah. happy ben, uh regardless. benny smith apparently loves the wordplay yeah. And he's he's, he, he's a punny motherfucker. Uh, Benny uh, Benny wants a damnation that is uh, alternate arted into a ram nation. So VC Rams. <laughs> uh, I don't. It's Rodney but, the Ram. Yeah, I mean it's black and gold, Rodney. and you know it's got some horns black on the and sun yellow, and black stuff. And yellow. So, uh, from, ah. <laughs> I can't even sing that song with a straight face because uh, I hate yellow, the Steelers, Black and yellow. I will say, um, uh, closing up here, um, before we move on to our very last segment of Beer of the Week, um, I really do like, I, I put up this awful deck, the, the Mono White mon, uh, Infect deck. I put it up on the Facebook page, yeah, and yeah. so many people responded they to loved it. it. Um, I think I might try and do that more often just because... I think it's really fun to brew, regardless of how good the deck is. It's really fun, like I said, just to kind of just get a feel for just interactions of different cards. Um, so I might try and do that again. If you guys have any like requests, you can shoot us Gmails or yeah. Facebook us or whatever at uh, you know scrublandpodcast gmail dot com. Yeah, but but Casby and... has so many brews, guys. It's <laughs> it's, it's so... a hodgepodge mess in my head, guys. You don't I'm have sorry. you don't have to see all the brews. Some of... <laughs> uh, there's, there's my a... funnest deck, my funnest deck, my funnest deck. 
Oh, this deck is so fun. Go for it. No, save for next week. Surprise. Surprise him on the Facebook. All right, I'll surprise him on the Facebook. All right, yeah. All right, so we got a surprise for you on the Facebook. <laughs> I want to I wanna shout out a couple of things. Uh, first week in April is the first Charles League Presents dra- Drafting with Scrubland tra- oh, Time right. Spot Draft yeah, Invitational. Really? That's this this weekend. It's this weekend? This yeah. weekend. Yeah. Sorry, this weekend. Yes. It was the, the second. first one. Saturday so at the time in the capsule. Area, if you guys ever laying in bed and you're like, God, I wonder what it would be like to draft Time Spiral. Right. With Scrubland. <laughs> come out and win this Saturday We're here draft. to make your dreams come true. And while you're there at Time Capsule, pick up a Scrubland t-shirt. Uh, there's, it's... Ten bucks? Ten bucks. Yeah. Ten bucks. Uh, Twelve for an extra large. Currently the only place available right now. Hey, well, Sorry, Internet. We're working on it. We're trying to figure out a way to do it online. Uh, hey, Internet. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else. Uh, we might just have to have a Scrubland bad. website. Jesus. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Is it coming to this? Yeah, have we come, finally reached the moment where we need like a website? People? Gross. Uh, Ooh. Ugh. So, um, all right. I can, so bar- I can barely edit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna manage a website. <laughs> so now that you guys have finished, now that you guys have finished the beer of the week. Yeah, the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to you. No, oh. Set me up. Set uh, us up here. Well, Peroni was not as good as I thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> give us a background. Peroni, <laughs> while I was in England, this is one of the beers I bought. Uh, it's, a, it's an Italian beer. But it's, it was, like, recommended to you by someone, right? Yeah, my cousin said, yeah, Peroni, man. But he doesn't actually drink beer, so. <laughs> did he say it like that? Yeah, he did. It just yeah. sounds like pepperoni. Yeah. Sweet. Pepperoni, man. So, uh, I can't read this bottle since it's in Italian. Oh, hang uh, on. It's, it's a superior beer since 1846. I can at least tell that much. It says original on the, the top. Oh, oh original? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. See, it's even C- in even in Italian. I mean, that might just that might just be how they spell it in Italian. But uh, we're gonna call it the original. It's the original, dude. Because that's Origin, all. Origin. The, I can tell. <laughs> oh. I can tell that Casby one upped me. Damn. Bira Superiore is the superior beer since 1846. It's I don't know what Nastro Azuro means, but it, right. it just looks like a. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's me, like it's like Italian Budweiser. Oh, oh. This, this bottle is. was 660 milliliters. That's how you know. So 666. No, just no. <laughs> 660. Oh, okay. 60. You got to convert it back into American numbers to oh, make okay. it to make it demonic. How many pints is it? Hell if I know. <laughs> Shit. Wait, American pints or English pints? Because apparently they're fucking different. It's about one English pint. <laughs> All right. Here's here's the here's how you know a beer is gonna be terrible. Uh, it comes in a green bottle. Fuck it. Yeah. Nope. I'm out. What? I like English. I'm out. Fuck, <laughs> fuck a bunch of green Smelly bottles. Hard beer that is. Sorry but... guys. Green glass bottles. Yeah, it's Peroni. It's uh, it's 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 Italian Budweiser. I so even so how many far. peppers out of uh, Ronies? It's um. It's a, it's about a third of a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> a third of a pepperoni pizza. Yeah. You can't you can't cut a pizza into thirds. Yes, I can. Oh shit. You ever seen a peace sign? It's like that. It's like that. It's more like oh. a Mercedes. Isn't that like yeah. a it's like a knockoff Mercedes? Yeah. It's a knockoff Mercedes Mercedes and it only gets one of the three pieces. Oh man. Wait, wait does it get the top piece or one of the side pieces? Um the uh, we'll call it the bottom piece. There's no <sighs> You are, you are talking about it. It's a it. fucking circle. You are talking about it. It's a fucking knockoff peace sign. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, right. Peroni. Green bottles. Avoid them. It's awful. Fuck a green bottle. It's not great. Can't. 
It wasn't so, very good. It just, it just wasn't very good. I mean, it wasn't bad, right? Yeah, it was. Not really good. I don't know. I, I had I had something green. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a great. You're, you're an apple jolly rancher. Yeah, apple so. jolly rancher. Yep. See, I, I come over here and I'm like, Diesel, you got any whiskey? He's like, Nope. I'll make it. I wonder why I don't have any whiskey, Chris Casby. Maybe because you drank it all. What? The only whiskey that I've ever had over here is my whiskey. Okay. (laughs) Maybe if you want whiskey, you have to bring your own damn whiskey. Oh, yeah. I killed it. That was a week and a half ago. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, guy. Thanks, guy. (laughs) (sighs) Sitting here wasting away. Forgot all about it. Dying of thirst. Dying of thirst because there's no whiskey. Yeah. All right. We're 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 gonna take off now. We've we've been talking for too long. All right, guys. You guys have got to be sick of hearing uh, our voice because I'm sick of hearing our voice. <laughs> Scrubland Podcast on Facebook, scrublandpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, find us on NTG Cast and Channel Fireball every other week. Did you draw a picture of Santa Claus? I did. It's Santa Claus. Yep. It's crazy homeless Santa. Sick. Crazy homeless Santa Claus. Pictures on the Facebook page. (laughs) Sure, we'll do that. Signing off. Peace. Late.